Yes, people, welcome back to Albert JTV and Holly's Hotspurs. Joint collaboration time, match review time, World Cup last 16, England free, Senegal nil. But before we get into it, people, let's hit the intro. There you have it, people. Proper no-messing intro into this match review for England's last 16 victory against the mighty Senegal. People, as I say with the obligatories, bust up, kick, push, scratch the like button. Just make sure you touch it on my channel and also dip for Holly's Hotspurs channel as well, people. Get them algorithms up, as I like to say. And also, audio listeners, you'll never be forgotten. So later, you'll, see this, you'll hear this on Spotify and Anchor so you can hear everybody's dulcet tones. And there's already people in the chat before I get to my Tottenham wife. Here we go. Someone's already in the chat already. Holly, England are still in a tournament. Um, a, I, 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 how can I put it? A, a tough 35 minutes. Um, it's hard, hard watch. But then it sort of kind of um, got a, bit, a, little more, a, bit, a little bit more relaxing for 60 minutes. But we'll get into it. But how are you, Holly? How are you feeling? Oh, I'm great. We get to talk about it more. I mean, it's it's lovely, jubbly. I know you say it was a hard 30 minutes, but I've been doing that all season with Tottenham. Uh, we don't wake up to the second half, so it's the same kind of feeling. I, I mean, I, I didn't want to, I didn't want to say that, Holly, but I mean, you you said it already, so it's fine. You're waiting for me to say it. That's what it was. <laughs> but no, I'm we, good. How are you, Albert? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not I just got. I, I didn't get into from work not too long ago, but I knew I was going to be on time. But you know, um, changing the weather. Dealing with beautiful, brilliant customers in Southeast London. I won't give the location, people, before you start getting offended because of my job. But no, let, let me just keep it, keep it one hundred. But yeah, I'm, I'm good, man. Listen, um, love the World Cup, love it, love it. It's just we we see it once every four years. I'm not one of them people. Oh, Mister Arsenal. Listen, the Premier League is coming back, people. Let me just make that very, very clear. With this not being distinct, it's not it's not being extinct. It's it's coming back. But let's just enjoy the World Cup and the elite players at their best. That we don't get to see very often for free, unless you don't pay TV license. But don't do don't do that, people. Don't do that. But um, yes, let's get into it. We've got a special guest. Wes is, Wes is running a little bit late, people. Hopefully, he will join me and Holly. But let's bring in Lord Granville, as I call him. G talks Arsenal. Let me bring him in. G, welcome back to another match review for this World Cup last sixteen victory for England. Welcome, brother. No, thank you, thank you, thank you for having me, man. Um, yeah, absolutely buzzing. Um. You know, yeah, I'm all good. Um, lead up to Christmas is a busy time for me. So um, with my two jobs, you know, every time you message me, bro, I'm working, isn't it? <laughs> it's like, it's crazy. Stop working. <laughs> <laughs> bro, listen, I got I got a free pitney, man. Christmas is an expensive time for me. So, do you know what I mean? So I've got to get them hours in. But yeah, no, it, it was really good to obviously be home to watch the game. Um, you know, loving the time of the kickoffs really works for me. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, absolutely buzzing. I, I predicted a pretty... Um, close game I thought it, yeah. it was going to be a lot tougher than it actually turned out to be like you were saying I thought the, the first 30 minutes was going to be mm. more of a reflection on how the whole game was going to go but I was very pleasantly surprised so yeah absolutely buzzing and, and can't wait to get into it 
Yeah, I mean, before I, before I bring you, before I sort of start for the first question, let me come to my fantastic co-host, Holly. Yeah, Holly, see, um, so first I must say, um, shout out to Raheem Sterling and the family. Hope they'll be okay. Obviously, we found out the news as to why he wasn't, um, why he's thrown back home to England. So, you know, lots, lots of love to him. Hope he does come back. But listen, family come first more than anything. And I know that only too well. Um, but Holly, yeah, the game now. Um, there was a clamour for Rashford to start. Me personally, um, I was like, hold on a minute. And people are going to say Arsenal bias, but I'll, let me bear with me. I'm thinking Saka got a couple goals in the first game. Like, it's, it's, listen to some of the pundits and a bit dismissive and Rashford's got a play. I'm like, hold on a minute. Gareth has shown a lot of faith in a lot of players. And actually, one of them has been at Bukayo Saka. Um, but yeah, what was your thoughts, sort of the, the main talking points in terms of Saka starting, Rashford starting? Where was you with that? It's really difficult because, like you say, you can't you can't drop Rashford after he's managed to score those two goals prior. But then you also think to yourself, but actually Saka's goal record at the moment okay. is quite good. So it's kind of his hands are tied. Um, but all I can say is with Saka, he came on the pitch. I didn't think he played amazingly, but then he managed to bring it back with obviously his goal. So it doesn't matter. If you get the ball in the back of the net, your performance is good by me. Um, but no, I think in that kind of situation... I just think it's very hard in terms of who plays when, because again, we're at knockouts. Yes, it could have gone pear-shaped. He could have started Saka and we could have conceded. Um, or like happened, he started Saka, he got the goal. It didn't really matter. So I think knockouts sometimes are very difficult to play, but I, I don't say I'd be too hacked off because um, obviously we got Kane on. Um, we could have brought Kane off, I thought, which was yeah, a bit I, weird that, that he didn't decide to do that. Puzzled me, yeah. Mm. I, that puzzled me. No, just what, to save him. No. Yeah, no, well said, Holly. Before I um, pop the first question to G, I'm going to bring in our amazing other guest. Let me bring him in, Wesso, Wesley McGrath. Welcome back, Wes. <laughs> How are we? How are we? Apologies for being late. I nicked Albert's watch from last week. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Wes, good. No, Wes, great to get you on and get G on as well. Also, people, as you can probably tell from my background, I'm not at work. I'm back at my lovely house. So it, the scenery is a bit better than what you saw last time. You know, I look like a bit of a robber, but then we're back in, we're back at home now. So it's all good. But yeah, G, coming to you, um, sort of getting into the Senegal game. I was, um, you know what it was? There was a mixture of two things. Knockout football. Um, I don't know yeah. if you saw the game. I don't know if you saw the, it's a brilliant game, by the way, between Holland and USA. Fantastic. For, for, for a knockout game, for two teams to play like that, and I was very impressed by Holland. So I didn't think the England Senegal game would go like that. Um, as obviously knew about Mane wasn't going to be in a tournament, but they had some key players missing. So I thought that would work in England's favour. But how did you sort of um sort how did you sort of view how, what was your feeling sort of going into the game and what you saw in the first half? You know what it is? It's 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 a weird one with football. It's like obviously I've been an England fan for a long time, I've been an Arsenal fan for a long time. Um I've seen, you know, our club be successful. I've seen him go for, a, obviously, a long, quite a long period of not winning major trophies. And it's kind of been, not not the same, but somewhat similar with England. Like, there's been, there's, there have been times when there's been a lot of promise and we've had good squads, we've had really gifted players, but we've never really kind of, you know, got to the promised land. We've never really kind of fulfilled our potential, um, you know, as a, as a top nation um, in world football at, at big tournaments. So... For me, I'm always nervous when I'm going into um, any tournament or any game with England because you just never know. Um, when I looked at, obviously, you know, 
the two teams on paper. Yes, Senegal are, you know, AFCON champions. Um, they have players that play across all the major top European leagues um, in European football. At the same time, they were missing some big players, obviously notably Mane from the beginning of the tournament. So no. on paper, this should be a very straightforward, you know, game. But as we know, watching the Premier League and the teams we support um, and just our general knowledge of football is that football is not played on paper. It's not won on paper. It's at the end of the day, during the 90 minutes or the 120 minutes, like what team turns up and, and how they perform. Um, so I was nervous going into it. At the same time, I predicted a 3-1 win for, um, for I was going to say Arsenal then, a 3-1 win for England. I, I predicted um, that as well, G. It's all right, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, just because I thought, like, eventually, I thought, you know, Senegal are defensively a very a very good team. Very um, they're, they're very disciplined. And I think you could see that in, in the opening 30, 35 minutes. Um, they didn't give England a lot to to, to go with. No. Um, and I kind of thought that, I kind of thought it would last a lot longer than it did. Um, I thought it was going to be quite a tense game going into maybe 60, 70 minutes. And I thought once England got a goal, I thought the floodgates would open. But I just thought it was going to take a little bit longer than, than it actually did. So, um, yeah, I, I was nervous going into the game. Um, I knew it was going to be a tough game. I, I heard a lot of kind of wild predictions, you know, that England were going to go in there and just kind of steamroll up. Oh, you know, Senegal. I, I just didn't. I just didn't see it, you know. And at the end of the day, when you look at the... What else was making me nervous was when you look at the World Cup we've had so far and we've seen some of the teams oh, like goodness. the USA, like Saudi Arabia, like Morocco. I mean, even if you just look at the knockout phase of the competition right now and you look at the name of a lot of the nations that are involved, not many people would have predicted that. So, yeah. yeah. So leading up to the game, in all honesty, in a nutshell, I was quite nervous, but I thought England would eventually get get over the line. Before I come to Holly, because I know Holly's going to pose a question to the brilliant Wes. Um, yeah, you know what? I, I, the knockout football is... is that, I mean, that first 30 minutes, I've got to be honest, right? I, I, I was, you know what it is? Someone's put it in, someone's put it in the chat already. For England, sometimes I, it's, it's a fine balance between being patient and it's too slow, man. Yeah, It's too slow. And as you mentioned with Senegal, they defensively they're very good if you look at the record in the AFCON and the qualifying for the actual World Cup. And they just need to, to me, at times inject some more pace. And yeah, that's that's only that was a criticism for me in the first time. But Holly, come in, come in, Holly. I was gonna say, sticking with that point, I think it was the movement in the middle. Because mm. our back line didn't have anybody to shoot the the ball yeah. through in the middle. And uh, Wes, the only time that kind of happened was when, I'm going to say it, I'm trying not to be biased, but was when Kane dropped deep. And then we see Kane drop deep all the time. Yeah. But then it infuriates me because Kane's not in the box to then get the ball in the back of the net. But in terms of Kane's performance, because I know there's some people talking about it in the chat, I, yeah, I think definitely. with Kane, Wes, do you think that he gets a lot of criticism because at the moment in his game, he's not in the box when he needs to be in the box, but he's the one player that's dropping because nobody seems to be moving in that midfield. Yeah, I think Kane gets a lot of criticism um, for the way that he plays the game and has almost reinvented himself on a couple of occasions. Um, because when he come through at Spurs, you sort of looked at him and went, OK, what have we got here, really? Have we got a, a goal scorer? Have we got, you know, if, if we look at the strikers that we had previously... Have we got a Defoe type of centre forward? Have we got a Keane or a Sheringham type of centre forward? And then as he's just, you know, cemented his place in the team and just 
as he's developed and got older, he's just decided, you know what, I'm just going to do everything really. Um, but yeah, I think I think Kane does get a lot of stick. Um, he gets a lot of stick for dropping deep because, as you say, you want him sometimes on the end of on the end of things um, naturally as a as a centre forward. But I think the way he's almost reinvented the centre forward role and what it means to be a centre forward and a top class centre forward at that. He's he's not necessarily a nine. He's played you know times as a ten. He's almost that nine and a half. Um, in the sense, you know, and, and there's very few players that do that. I look at somebody like Thomas Muller, for example, very similar in the way he does it. I don't think he's potentially as as elegant, if you like, as, as Harry Kane. I don't think Muller's mm. got that passing ability, but you know, there are certain things that Muller does. You know, he's not an out and out number nine, really, but he can, you know, play in numerous positions. Um, and he's an absolute killer in the box as well, Thomas Muller. Um, but I think it's it's just strange and almost crazy to think that you know, you're arguably your best passer of a football in your whole team and in your whole squad is your centre forward. It's it's crazy just to think that because usually, obviously, it's the midfielders that are the ones that have that level of distribution. Um, but, you know, the way he, he drops deep, um, I don't think from an England perspective it works as well as it does for Tottenham. But I think it's because Tottenham is more suited to playing around him because he is the main man at Tottenham. Um, but obviously when it comes to England, you've got, you know, Henderson that plays a different way at Liverpool. You've got Bellingham playing a different way at Dortmund, Foden at City. So trying mm. to work out a, a strategy almost to fit all that in is really, really difficult. Um, but, you know, I think that through pass to, to Bellingham, and I was saying this actually to to my barber, it's like I don't think there's many footballers in the England team Forget on that pitch on the, against Senegal, but just in the England team that have the capability to play that through pass. Um, I'd probably mm. say Foden, yeah, um, maybe Grealish to a certain degree, but after that, I'm really struggling just to play that that through pass with the weight of pass on it. Um, you know, Bellingham didn't have to break stride or anything like that. Um, and then obviously, you know, Bellingham gets his head up and, and finds Henderson in the box, who actually made a, a decent run forwards because it was quite interesting with that goal because. Up to that point, you could argue Henderson wasn't having the best game. Yeah, he's popped up and scored, and all of a sudden the narrative changes because it's like, well, he scored for us now, so you know we can't really have a go at him because he's put the ball in the back of the net for us, really. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was a, it was an interesting way to kind of see how it developed, and then obviously when Kane scored, it's like you know I don't think I've shouted at the TV so loud um, the whole tournament. Um, it was just one of those where it was just like, yes, get him, and those people that have asked him to be dropped for Callum Wilson um, you know we need to come outside and have a bit of a chat I think <laughs> Fez, Fez. Well, well, no well said now listen with, with the Kane thing um, I, I was I said like before the tournament I don't have an issue with him coming deep because if you've got the players around him which they do have in regards to you've got your Rashfords you've got your Sackers you've got your Fodens as long as you have runners going beyond him Mm -hmm. It can work, but I think the problem with England, I think in the last couple of games actually is, and I listen, I'm a big fan of Foden, but if you can, you need to get him a bit more centrally. And I do think that yeah. would help him a lot more. Um, but listen, look, I, I, when he went for, I was confident he would score, Harry Kane, I'll be honest with you. Um, and if you actually look at England's goals, to be fair, both of them were fantastic. Um, the, the, it's a great thing. I'm going to bring, I'll bring G back in eventually when he comes back. But um, 
coming back to G actually. So yeah, you know, it's the same old, it's the same old adage in football. Goals do change games, man. And England to get that goal at the time they did was 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 key because Senegal had two good chances to um yep. put England on the back foot and they didn't take them. And that that's top level football. You only get a couple of chances, but that's massive. And to be fair, Henderson's listen, he's not got some of the greatest press probably by tr trial by social media with him being in the team. But I think with Henderson, he is, from what I remember of him when he was at Sunderland and, you know, since he's been playing in the Premier League, he's, he's not, he's not, a, he's not, he's actually quite a forward thinking player. Um, so to see him on the end, he doesn't score, score that many goals for England. I think that's his yeah. goal for England. But yeah, the, it's great finish. G, the timing of that goal was, was, um, was, was key. And then you saw, for a 10-minute period, I thought England were really, really good. Saka got on the ball more. Declan mm -hmm. Rice played a good defence. We'll come on to him a little bit later, but defensively was very good. He could see he was playing the more withdrawn role. Um, but yeah, goals changed games. What did you what did you how what did you how did you see the, trans the transition with England sort of when they got the goal? Yeah, like you said, you're hitting it on the head. Um, the first 30 minutes or so was very nervy. Um, Saar had an, a phenomenal opportunity um to mm. put us ahead. Um, not sure really how he missed. Um, glad he did, but not sure, not not really sure how he did. Um, I think he was only about four or five yards out at the yeah. time. Um, and I've got to say, you know, I was very relieved um with the miss, you know, misplaced pass that Saka put. Um, I think it was back to Walker, um, which, yeah. which was which was intercepted. So the Pickford save, yeah. Yeah, for the Pickford save again. That that was a top draw save by Pickford. Yeah, so exactly. yeah, the first thirty minutes or so was very nervy. Um, but yeah, like you say, you know, goals change games. Um, I think what was what was brilliant about that was obviously you know we've kind of had the conversation about Kane dropping deep, and I will go on to say that I think personally, like I think Kane's too good a player to not drop deep. Um, I know there are a lot of complaints, um, maybe from Spurs fans or from England fans to say, you know, he's never in the penalty area. At the end of the day, if you look at this tournament, England are not struggling, struggling to score goals. Score goals. Mm -hmm. So we've already matched, I think, our best previous goal tally in a World Cup or a major mm -hmm. tournament. Um, and that says it all. The, 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 the guy is too good a player to not drop deep. And as Arsenal fans, you know, we should be able to sympathise with that, having watched Gabriel Jesus week, week in, week out at Arsenal. Um, you know, it doesn't, you know, goals don't always tell, you know, the tale. France won the World Cup. Giroud didn't score a single goal, goal. Yeah. in that tournament. So I'm happy that Kane scored a goal because I do think it it increases our chances of going further and winning it if our, if our number nine is scoring. But for me, it's not the be-all and end-all um, for him in an England shirt. As long as he's contributing, as long as he's having a good game and the players around him are filling their pockets and I don't have an issue with it um, on that note. In terms of like the, the goal itself, I think it was perfect because you, you saw that Kane drop deep um, and then you could see that Bellingham did what Bellingham does. He ran into the channel. Um, brilliant, brilliant run um, into the channel, picked up the ball, took a quick look up, knew exactly where he was placing that pass and absolutely put it on a plate. For Henderson and to be fair like obviously you know Henderson doesn't get a lot of you know credit you know criticism of Henderson is, is pretty tough but I mean he took it brilliantly <laughs> he took it he took it very smooth it was a, it was a smooth calm you know collective finish um I actually had kind of had to take a second look just to see who it was um that put it away but yeah that was dispatched beautifully and then that that goal literally transformed the game from there you know, England were absolutely in the ascendancy, um, completely dominant, and from from thereafter, um, and yeah. So 
you know, after a nervy first 30, 35 minutes, the game was, you know, it, crucial, crucial that we got that goal. And I think you could you could see the shift, you know. Mm. It, there, there was a very, like, there was a very key moment when Henderson scored that goal and they, they panned the camera to the Senegalese manager and he he was doing this. He was, like, basically yeah. saying to the players, the Senegalese players, focus and telling them to calm down because I think he knew how crucial that goal was, that yeah. England got that goal. And the Senegalese players, their whole body language, their, their whole structure, the whole style of play, their, all their discipline literally just went out the window. Um, and, and the game was lost in the next 10 minutes for Senegal. Yeah, well, you're right. And before I come to Holly, yeah, with, with the Kane thing, it's mad because I remember a lot of the conversations, not even just really the tournament, that you know he gets the lion's share of England's goals. They need to get goals by committee. Now we've got the opposite way around before yesterday. <laughs> oh, Kane needs to be in the box, man. Why, why why everyone, man. <laughs> so it's, it's mad everyone. the way football fans think. It's crazy. But England mm. has just been, yeah, they, scoring goals is not an issue, uh, quite clearly. And um, yeah. I think they'll probably score more. But gee, thanks for that. Holly, come in, Holly, come in. Uh, yeah, so it's, it's really refreshing to hear Arsenal uh, fans talk about the Kane the way you are. So, I'm, I'm, I'm Ollie, hold on, hold on, not, not too much. Not, just calm down. <laughs> no, I know, I know, I know, I know. But it is true, I think. Obviously, as Spurs fans, we watch it every week pretty much. So, so we're kind of used to it. Um, but to see you guys and 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 how you kind of look at it as well, and you think, oh, yeah. Like you said, there's so many players in that team that can score goals. So why yeah. does Kane always have to do it? Um, but going back to it, obviously, it's great. We we were doing confidently and this, that and the other. But Wes, I think the back line just stresses me out a tiny little bit because we have spoken about how there was times in the games where they could have equally... Um, equalised uh, straight after that goal or maybe got a goal and nicked it back and then our confidence might have, have lowered a bit. Do you think that is a, a worry, you say? Is that something we need to kind of think about going forward or is it more so this is, we don't really need to worry too much because we are scoring goals sort of thing? Yeah, I think, um, I don't want to say that the fact that we're bagging goals left, right and centre is papering over the cracks for our defensive line and our defensive unit. But I think certainly when we come up against better nations obviously we are playing one of those um on saturday in france we need to be on job for and concentrating for every kind of second um because they have got an unbelievable front line that can just change the game in an instant um so it wouldn't shock me from that perspective if southgate then reverted back to a back three or a back five um because just for that bit more security at the back. Obviously, we've seen what Mbappe's been doing. He's been tearing it up. You know, his two goals at the um, at the weekend were were absolutely phenomenal finishes. Giroud is um, like most underrated centre forward of his generation, um, which pains me to say it because he played for that lot down the road. But um, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, been a massive fan of Giroud's ever since, um, pretty much. Um, and yeah, you've got Griezmann who. You know, he's picking up pockets and trying to influence games. You've got Dembele on the other side. He's just absolutely rapid as well. So nobody's really going to get a rest in those fullback positions because you think you got Mbappe one side and then Usman Dembele on the other. Um, so, yeah, we're definitely going to have to be on it from a defensive point of view. So it wouldn't shock me to almost see a similar style and a similar team set up and structure to what we had in the Euros, especially against um, Germany, it wouldn't shock me if the only thing would be is if Calvin Phillips were coming for Bellingham. But I think, you know, even um, after Bellingham's performances, I think he's undroppable at the minute. So, um, 
yeah, I think he he's a shoe in alongside Declan Rice. I think for that midfield, but I would it wouldn't shock me if we went to almost like a a three four three or something along those lines um, for for the France game. Oh, I've done that for a long time, man. All the listeners, I was on mute, so that's why, <laughs> that's why you couldn't hear anything for two seconds. But now, where's you brought us on that nicely, really? Because um. It'd be interesting to know what you, all you guys think, actually. I, I'm laughing because I remember twenty. I remember Russia 2018, right? England haven't played anyone. England, when they come up against someone, when they come up against a bigger nation, you know, they, they fold. And, and I always look at it and I say, look, it's very rare as a top nation you get to a quarterfinal and are considerably overwhelming favourites because there's too many good teams left in the competition. With the odd exception. With the odd exception. So, I spoke to a couple of people and they said, I said, bring France on. They said, what? I said, I said, look, not in a... Albert, you're mad, bro. You are mad, bro. Not, not, not in an arrogant way. I think, you know what it is? I think, um, and I take it kind of back to club football with obviously being Arsenal fans. Like, when you come up in certain games, big moment games, Yes, you're playing against top quality opposition and you've got no given right to beat certain teams, but you have to start somewhere, man. You have to start somewhere. I understand the Mbappe thing, I do. But, Gene, I'm going to come to you. They do have other players that can hurt England. Um, listen, we know we this is confirmed now, England playing France. Saturday night, pubs are going to be everywhere. The Holly, we're going to have gone about 500 Weatherspoons probably on the, on the, from the morning <laughs> to the game before the game starts, but... When I say bring it on, like Wes, it's not like I don't mean like it's not in a cocky way, just like it is what it is, man. You, you, mm. you know, you have to beat the best because if if England do get through, it's not going to get any, it's not going to get any easier. <laughs> so it's like, you know, mm. just bring it on sort of thing. And then um, it, it's a, it, it's, it's, a, it, it's come at the time now where it's really, really time to pick your wits. And that's no disrespect to, no disrespect to Senegal. This is going to be a mouthwatering game. I actually don't think I've seen. In, England, France in the World Cup, unless I go through the history books. I don't think it's happened. I, I can't, well, not, not in a knockout stage anyway. Um, but listen, um, G, coming to you. So apart from not the obvious threat of Mbappe, who who should England really kind of be concerned about elsewhere on the pitch? To be honest, <laughs> I mean, when you look at this French team, yeah. um, it's, it's astonishing that they can pick such a side given the players that are injured. I'm missing. It's mad. Like, you know, they've got Kante out, they've got Pogba out, they've got Ballon d'Or winner Benzema out. But out. Yeah. Like, it's insane how how stacked they are as a squad. You know, you've got arguably, I say arguably, the best centre-back in the Premier League so far this season hasn't even started a game for them um, right. in Saliba. So, yeah. yeah, they just... When I looked at the French side, because I've got a bit of a soft spot for the French side, because my grandmother was French, but my, my loyalty lies with England. That's the place of my birth, and that's the team I will be supporting. Um, at the same time, when, when I looked at their squad going into the tournament, I thought that the injuries would have more of an impact on the way they play. So I, I thought Kante and Pogba would be a huge miss. When I looked at Tuchemeni and particularly uh, Rabiot, um, the guy who I think he plays for Juventus, I, I saw a real kind of vulnerability in that midfield given um, Tuchemeni's age. Um, and I've never rated the other guy, Rabiot, or whatever his name is. I've never rated him at all. Um, so I think the midfield is an area where 
we can really dominate them. I think our I think our central midfielders are as a collective better than theirs um, in terms of what they have available. So I think that's an area that we could we can dominate. Um, in terms of danger, I mean, obviously Mbappe, Mbappe is is the danger. Um, yeah, you know, th- thinking about him going up against um, a new, you know, only recently returning Carl Walker, who definitely has a mistake in him. Um, yeah. Who often relies on his pace to recover. Well, I tell you, if you slip up against Mbappe, don't matter how fast you are, <laughs> um, you know, because he's quicker than you anyway. You know, Carl Walker relies a lot on his pace for his yeah. recovery pace. Mbappe's quicker than you to begin with. So that that's just not even going to be, you know, a mm. weapon he can use if he makes a mistake. And I don't believe Trippier's had a great start to the competition. I think he's been brilliant uh, for Newcastle this season. But in the first two games where he started, I, I wasn't overly impressed with him, if I'm honest. Mm. Um, so that, 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 I'm really, really nervous about the, the kind of right wing back, right back of right, right side of the defence. But, Dembele also. Dembele is a is a yeah. massive problem. Um, a yeah, huge problem. Yeah. He, he's quick. He's tricky. Um, you know, he he's not an easy player um, to keep hold of. And you know, as much as I'm not a massive fan of Luke Shaw, you know, week in week out, I have been quite impressed with his performances over the last couple of major tournaments for England. Yeah, but well. again, he's going to have a problem with Dembele keeping him quiet. Giroud, very similar. Um, I mean. He was he's he was probably one of the most trolled players at Arsenal Football Club um, in his time. Um, you he know, was, yeah. he wasn't the most prolific, and I tell you, like sections of our fan base really didn't give him an easy ride, um, and were quite happy when he left. But I think, as Wes said, he's he, he is arguably one of the most underrated strikers of his generation. He's France's all-time top goalscorer, um, yeah. and you know that is a phenomenal achievement. And when you look at what he's doing. Um, you know, he is filling that void for the absent Benzema. Um, and there is an argument that, you know, regardless of even if Benzema was fit, I think if Benzema's fit, Benzema starts. Um, that that's my that's just my personal opinion. However, there is an argument to say that France as a unit play better with Giroud um as that kind of hold-up figure um in that team. And then it allows the likes of Mbappe and and Dembele to just do their thing. Um, but yeah, I think the I think the front line is the problem. I think we can get at the French defense. Um, yeah. I think there were moments in the game against Poland where they were very unlucky and unfortunate to got, not go ahead. Yeah. Um, France at times have looked vulnerable at the back. Um, and um, I've yeah. Carlo, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And particularly between the Sorry. sticks. Run, run. <laughs> Joking. <laughs> but you know, France, France have looked um, France have looked vulnerable at the back, in my opinion. Um, they have. And I think the midfield has been made to look better than what it is based yeah. on the position that they've played against. The problem for me is the front three. The front three are exceptionally good. Um, and in Mbappe, what you have is a player that doesn't have to be playing well, um, can be quiet for 50, 60 minutes, and then he can pick, pick it up, cut in and just hit it, top bins and, you know, game game done. Um, and and that's 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 what they have. I feel like collectively, people might think I'm crazy, but I think collectively, I'm not talking about individual talent. Yeah. I, collectively, I think we have a better squad and a better eleven than France, um, in my opinion. Mm. Um, but what I will say is that they have more vavavoom 
than we do mm. uh, in terms of in terms of the players that we have. yeah i don't feel like they we have an mbappe type player yeah. I think we've got players in Saka and players in Foden. We've got players that... We've got a we, number of players, yeah. We have, yeah, yeah, we've got a number of players where we can build attacks. Um, you know, we can work as a unit, you know, be very strong defensively. But it's I don't see somebody picking up that ball, running 20 yards, cutting in and pinging it top bins. I, I don't I don't feel like we've got a player of that calibre that can do that at a consistent level that, say, the France have. And that... That could be the difference in this game. I hope it isn't, but it could be. So in terms of, you know, to summarise, for me, I'm not worried about the French defence. We can get chances. I'm not worried about the French midfield. I feel like if we're on our game, we can dominate the midfield. Yeah. The problem is, is their front three versus our back line. Um, they're they're going to keep, they're going to keep, they're going to keep Maguire and Cole um, very, very busy um, in that match. And, and that's, that's the nervousness for me. Yeah, I'm not feeling that, to be honest. And it is quite funny, G, that you mention Larice because if he was in mm. a Tottenham shirt, mm. I would be defending him to, to the high horses. But, uh, Wes, he's not in a Tottenham shirt, so I don't mind. Uh, so, Wes, what are your thoughts on, obviously, Hugo this tournament? Because there has been a few flappy situations. Mm. We have seen a lot of flappy situations in the Spurs shirt, whether I admit it or not. So... Could that possibly be, like G said, maybe something that we can obviously capitalise on? Potentially. Um, yeah, I think most goalkeepers, I th- I'm, I'm struggling to find a goalkeeper that has been really consistent, though, throughout the tournament. I think every single goalkeeper's pretty much had a had a flap or had a bit of a ricket mm. at some stage. Yeah, you right. argue, like, throughout yeah. the throughout mm-hmm. the tournament. Um, so, yeah, to say, it, you know, Hugo's you know, due one is a bit unfair, I think, because every goalkeeper sort of had one. Um, but yeah, I think, listen, for once, Hugo, get on the Vino the night before, <laughs> have a few. Um, what have you before done? the game, um, you know, have a few Vinos, cheeky, um, and just, yeah, give us one. You know, you've you've been in England for 10 years now. You're adopted English, basically. Yeah. Um, you know, just, just let us have, trip, literally, just <laughs> let us have this one. You've picked up a World Cup anyway. You don't need another one. Um, so, yeah, just let us have our have our time. Um, but, yeah, it could be potential. But then at the same time, we've seen, and I think from a Spurs perspective, in particular with Lloris, like he will go through moments in games where you're like, what on earth is he doing? So yeah. he will have a ricket in a big game. But then for Spurs in particular, we'll play somebody completely lower down the league and he'll pull off a world-class save. And you're there like, okay, he still has the capability to be world-class, um, you know, through his shot stopping. But it's it's one of those where it depends what type of and what kind of Larice is going to turn up because he has been a bit inconsistent the last few years. Um, and I think... I wouldn't say he's kind of outstayed his welcome, um, but I think you know definitely from a club perspective, it's you know time that we we look for a new goalkeeper. I've been saying that for the past couple of years anyway. Um, but yeah, for internationally, I think I wouldn't say he's you know been like a fine wine or anything like that. I mean, um, the Lewandowski penalty the other day was. I mean, how he's managed to get that retaken, I don't know. That's an absolutely horrendous decision. Um, and the Lewandowski first penalty was awful. Like it was genuinely awful. Um, but yeah, I think from a, I can only really speak from a, the Spurs Hugo Lloris. Um, 
yeah, I don't know if we're going to get one that turns up against, you know, the likes of Bournemouth mm. and, you know, teams like that, or one that is going to drop a ricket like we've seen against the Liverpool on, on many occasions. Um, so, but I don't think he's going to be mainly like the difference maker from a French perspective in favour of England. I think it will, as G said, I think it's that back line that's looking a little bit, um, you know, unsettled. Obviously, they lost Lucas Hernandez in the first game. I know his brother's come in and done relatively okay. They've made a couple of changes at the back as well. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm in a bit of agreement with G, I think. You know, the, the back line, there is something there that can be got at. Um, and I think we can dominate that midfield. It's just whether that front three want to, in particular, two wide boys, if they want to turn up and mm. they can just go, do you know what? We'll have it. We'll have some. And they'll just produce something out of nothing. Mm. And I think we saw that in uh, in the group stages in particular um, with, with the French front three. Well said, well said. You know, God, you know what could be key in this match? It could be the bench. Um, I we'll feel as though, yeah. yeah, I feel as though, and I know, like, again, I was having this conversation with, you know, one of my cousins, and, you know, he thought I was crazy when I said, at the moment, collectively, I think we're a better team than France. And I mean that in terms of a team unit rather than individual talent. Um and I do feel like when I look at the French, I think obviously the players they've got injured, some of those players wouldn't have necessarily been on the bench instead of starting. And as as phenomenal as the, the likes of Mbappe and Dembele and Giroud are, their their benches, for me, I feel like we have better or more quality game changers than France. I think, um, you know, having the, you know, the ability to bring on a Rashford, who is in form, um, somebody like Grealish, um, I don't put them in the same bracket as the likes of Chiram um, for France that would come on. Um, so I, I feel as though the bench could play a key part. I mean, if it's a close game going into like, you know, the latter stages or into extra time, you know, to be able to bring on an informed Rashford or a Jack Grealish, I think is something that I don't think Southgate has done um, as often as he should. But I was very, very impressed that he made early changes against Senegal. That I was, I was like, whoa, I was like, what's that going like on? Yeah, well, I was in like a, an alternate dimension. Like he's actually resting players and making changes and giving people minutes. Um, but yeah, so I think the bench, I think the bench for both sides could definitely play a major part in this competition. And I feel in terms of game changers coming off to do something to maybe unlock or or or, or, or win the game, I feel like we've got more in our locker than France, um, based on obviously the players they've got injured. No, well said. Listen, before we wrap up, I want to get squ quick score predictions. Big up to people watching. Thank you to people in the chat. And smash a like on my channel and Holly's channel. Get them algorithms up through the roof. It's World Cup, people. Come on. But um, this score prediction is going to start with G. What's your gut feeling? Oh, man. Um, gut I'm feeling. Gonna go, I'm going to go I'm gonna go 1-1 one, one, um, with a 2-1 um, extra time winner for England. Wow. Stress. Wes, what's your heart? What's your what's your gut telling you, man? Oh, tough. Yeah. It? It's tough. It is tough. So tough. I think there's a part of me that is going to go, yeah, two one England, but there's a part of me that thinks we're going to get absolutely dusted at the same time. Uh, so, yeah, so, horrible. yeah horrible. I think um, I have a sneaky suspicion this is going to go all the way, boys and girls. Um, I've got a feeling we're getting the dreaded penal penos. Um, oh, but having said that, I think we'll do them on pens. Oh, wow. I think we'll do them on pens. I think the experience of the last World Cup 
um, will come in will come into play. Obviously, I know a lot of this squad were together at the Euros um, and, and in the final. And we all know what happened there. I don't want to, you know, make no. make grown people cry. You know, it's it's, it's a Monday evening, <laughs> but you know, um, I think that experience, though, especially from the last World Cup, will stand England in good stead. I think. Um, so I have a feeling that we might do them on pens. Come into Holly. What's your thoughts, Holly? I want a stress-free evening, but then I also want to stay in the pub longer. So you know, um, no, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna say two one. Uh, we're yeah. gonna score first, then they're gonna equalise, and then we're gonna get like a late minute equaliser. Uh, winner, sorry, not equaliser. Okay. So two one. Oh, and last but not least, Albert JTV. Well, firstly, big up Saka for that beautiful goal yesterday. Look at that beautiful finish. Three goals for the tournament. Come on, Bukayo, son. But anyway, um, yeah, this is tough. This is tough to call. This is really hard. Um, thought about it today. I'm going to go England to win 3 2 in extra time. Oof. Oh, oh my god, stress. Yeah, my, my ticker's not going to be able to take that. <laughs> I need lots of vodkas. Bro, that's why I cut my hair just a few days ago. Just because you watched happen. Three two, yeah. People, like I said, listen. This is the quarter for when he gets knockout stages. It's tough, and you know what I mean. England, you know what I mean. Playing the world champions, it is what it is. This, this is what the, this is what these guys dream of playing World Cups and mm-hmm. big. So yeah. bring it on. It's, it's, it's time to, time to um time to step up. But people, like I said, a blue and the like button for both channels. Big up to the two amazing guests. Where's where can the people find you? Um, at Wezo10 on Twitter. Don't tend to tweet too much. If I do, it's about the big moose and Rodrigo <laughs> Bentoncourt. Um, although I was treat- tweeting about Prince Philip Foden the other day because he's it, a player that Phil. I really like, Prince Philip. Um, so, yeah, he's just been an absolute baller, I think, um, in this World Cup. Made a real impact. Um, and, yeah, on Instagram at Wezo32, usually following Spurs um, up and down the country, home and away, Um as as uh, Holly knows in particular, because she's always trying to badger me for tickets. So yeah, um, that's that's pretty much it. And um, yeah, run my own football coaching business as well in uh, nice. Milton Keynes. Um, yeah, trying to develop the next lot of uh, free lions and lionesses. Um, so in the Milton Keynes area. So kick off football academy um, on Facebook and Kofa MK on Instagram and TikTok um, as well. Well said. Go on, Wes. People, go and go and follow my my bro, Wes, man. Um, and last but not least, Lord G. What's good, man? What's good? Yeah, G. G literally, right. literally, G talks Arsenal, man. Uh, that's it. You can find me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Um, but obviously, if you want to see my face more often, want to hear me talk about Arsenal week in week out, then hit up the Armory TV on YouTube. Uh, that's the channel that I'm with. So yeah, big up, man. Thank you for having me on. Now, of course, man. Of course, my Tottenham YouTube wife. Holly, we will be back, irrespective of the result, um, mm-hmm. Sunday morning at 11am. Guests will be confirmed people. We like to keep people waiting, but we, we, we'll have a couple of people lined up. Holly, fantastic to share your company again, man. No, it was good. Thank you for having me. Like I say, it's quite nice to keep talking about England while we're winning. Loving life. <laughs> but yeah. no, thank you, Albert. Like I say, it's always a pleasure to co-host it with you because you're like super organised. You're super on it. You know what you're doing. <laughs> I, I I try Holly. I try Holly. Remember you got you playing on football Sunday. Remember? Just remember yeah, that. thank you. I need to put it in my diary. <laughs> but people, yes, your your other co-host Albert JTV, a Twitter handle at your AUM fifty seven, and come and check out my channel because live stories will be will resume in this season at some point, and obviously weekly surgery ongoing. But 
people, as I say, um, thank you for joining us. And we will be back for the match review of England-France Saturday morning. Over and out, people. See you soon. Thank you.